Um, Lucci, I, oh, she's back here. <laughs> I appreciate you all sharing today. Um, don't you want to hear more of Lucci's story? <laughs> In fact, you want to just come up, we'll trade places? No. Um, I guess I have one question for Paul. Do you, do you make your wife breakfast now? Okay. Take notes, Paul. Take notes. Uh, my, you know, my kids actually did make breakfast today. They did, because they wanted presents. And, you know, it worked. Um, glad you are here. Merry Christmas. Um, we love this time. This is just a simple time. We gather, and we're just celebrating the birth of our, son, or of our Lord's Son, Jesus Christ. And so we are excited about this night. Um, hopefully, most of you got candles. I believe there was a shortage that happened, uh, so some of you might not have had one. Hopefully, there's enough that have made it through. Um, my wife has instructed me. We have more. Ben has more candles. Uh, but my wife has instructed me on when to light the candles this year. Apparently, I lit them a whole song early last year. Uh, so hopefully, this will work out well. Um, but songs... Songs are uh, a wonderful part of Christmas. In fact, they're a wonderful part of Christianity just as we have the opportunity to respond to Scripture in song. In fact, Martin Luther said, After theology, I accord music the highest place and the greatest honor. Have you ever thought of that? Now, for me, for a long time ago, I was not the biggest into songs. In fact, I was kind of more one of those guys, let's just get to the preaching and, and we can say the songs. But as I've just grown and my appreciation for the songs truly understand, they are a response to the Word. They're a response to what our God has done. They're a longing for to see our Savior, to enjoy Him, to be with Him. In fact, I thought we could take a moment and we'll have interaction. And so, uh, what's some of your favorite songs for Christmas? What's a favorite Christmas song? Just shout it out. Mary, did you know? Silent Night. Little Drummer Boy, A Holy Night. Joy to the World. What's that? Christmas Tree. It's a good one. <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> but I have a drive ahead of me. I will Pandora or, or Spotify that thing and check it out. Hallelujah chorus. That's a good one. Heart the herald angels sing. <laughs> What'd she say? <laughs> Mom got ran over by a reindeer too, yeah. The classics are coming out now. Um, I, I did, you know, I mean, what would I... Now, good songs, the ones that are going to last the ages, to last the centuries, um, especially as we gather on nights like this and as we sing, um, they're the ones that are rich and full of theology. And so tonight, I want to do something different than really I've ever done on one of these Christmas Eve services, and on really any other different than any time I've actually been up here. We always will unpack uh, some type of text while we're up here. Today, what I want to do is a little something different. We're going to unpack a particular Christmas song. I want to show you how it's full and rich of God's Word. So it's a, it's a little bit different approach. 
Um, but this song was written about 800 to 1,000 years ago. I can't actually find uh, the date that it was written. Uh, it's full of just treasures in God's Word. Every verse starts with a title for Jesus Christ. It was written from the perspective of Israel um, in exile, waiting for the promised Messiah to come and rescue them. And the song is the one we just sang, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And so what I want to do a little bit tonight is unpack that and just show how that song is celebrating who our, who our Lord Jesus Christ is. And so uh, first, let me, let me pray. And then we'll, we'll read through this song and then look at the scripture that it's from. Father, Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you that we can gather here. And God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of Christmas. God, we thank you that because of your son coming into the flesh, because he came as a baby, that one day he would go to the cross, Lord, that there is salvation for us. God, it is only because your son has come in the flesh, has come as a baby, that we have hope. And Lord, I pray that we just see that tonight. I pray that our hearts are encouraged. Our, I pray that our, our hearts are overflowing with joy as we just better understand the meaning of Christmas, the depths of Christmas, the rich treasure of your Son, Jesus Christ, and how he truly is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. In your name, Jesus, amen. Um, I believe the song will be up on the screen. I'm just going to read, I will not sing. You all know why. Um, but we're just going to walk through this. Uh, it begins with the chorus, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Dispense the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show and cause us in her ways to go. O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. It's a good song. It's a sweet song. Many of you probably were singing that in your head. The word Emmanuel means God with us. And it comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where there's a prophecy that's given, and it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we know that's ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ 700 years after that prophecy. And that prophecy is pointing towards Christmas. And at, at the present, it was a prophecy that was to give Israel hope in the defeat of her enemies. And ultimately, it is the hope that we have as God's people of the defeat of our enemies of death, sin, and Satan. And that all comes through the birth of Jesus Christ. At Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming into the flesh. And the, what's the response? The response is the chorus. Rejoice, rejoice. That's why many of the Christmas songs are, are, have words like joy, joy to the world, and they're filled with just praises to God for what He has done as He has come. Joy is our response. Christmas is about God coming 
to dwell with his people. We were made to be with God. We were made to be with him in his presence. If you were here on Sunday, we, we looked all at that. And we see that because of sin, we're separated from him. And it's only then by God sending his son, who is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father, that he would come and in the flesh that one day he would die on the cross. And if you remember on Sunday, we did say it's not that he got the short end of the straw. It's not that the, the Spirit and the Son were debating, no, it's your turn. No, it's your turn to go. Who is going to come to earth? But Hebrews chapter 12 says it is with great joy that the Son has come. So Christmas was a joy to God, to the whole Trinity, and it is a joy to us also. And so the song, really in the verses that it gives, gives us at least four reasons for the joy that we have in the birth of Jesus. And so we're just going to walk through those tonight. Number one, Jesus sets the captives free. Verse one, we read, Jesus will come to ransom captive Israel. He's come to set us free from the bondage of sin, and that's exactly what he does. Christmas is a jailbreak. When Jesus comes, he comes preaching, and in Nazareth, this is what he does. He quotes Isaiah 61, and he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering, sight, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set, all, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to set us free from our sins that we would have everlasting life. Amen Amen indeed. So when we gather around the tree, we must realize that we're gathering around, celebrating a time of freedom. What we're doing is we're unpacking these gifts and opening, we're remembering the greatest gift that God has given us, that we are not slaves to sin, we do not need to fear death and Satan, but we have been freed in Christ by faith in His Son, Jesus. And so I pray that you remember that tonight. Number two, Jesus sends darkness and death fleeing. In verse two, we see that Jesus is referred to as the day spring. Now that's, that's an interesting word. Maybe, maybe a little unfamiliar to you. It's not quite familiar to me, so I had to look it up. It, it means, though, that, that Christ has come, and with him, light has dawned. He has brought light into this world. And as you know, Jesus comes saying, I am the light of this world. And in Isaiah chapter 9, too, again, looking towards Christmas, looking towards the coming of the Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, we read, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of darkness, on them light has shined. Darkness and death have ruled this world. Pain, misery, sufferings are all constants here. As humans, we don't like to be in the darkness. We constantly look for the lights. In fact, my children are not the fondest of the dark. In fact, when they go down to the basement, they always like the lights on in the basement because it's, it's darker down there. It's kind of creepy down there, isn't it? They're like, yeah, it's creepy. Um, darkness makes us uneasy. I want you to think at Christmas, light comes in the world. At Christmas, we have a light through the glory of the Son of God coming into this world. Light that has never been seen as it was come in Christmas. Where Jesus, the Son of God, has come in the flesh as the light of the world so that we would no longer need to fear 
darkness. In fact, when Jesus comes on earth, these are things that we see. The lame walk, the sick are made healthy, the blind, the blind see, and the dead are, the dead are raised. At Christmas, we, we celebrate that the brokenness of this world, the darkness of this world, is seeming to be undone. And all who believe in Jesus, they're promised eternal life. And this is what we read in Revelation. If you're with us, we've been working through the book of Revelation And we'll be coming up to Revelation 21 soon. And this is what we read. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And in chapter 21, verse 23, this is what we read. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Do you realize that? In the new heavens and new earth, it is fully illuminated by the very glory of God. And it says the light is the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ. At Christmas, we celebrate that the light has come. And as the gospel goes forth, and as it spreads throughout this world, what we understand is that the light is going forth farther and farther and farther into this world until the time that Christ will return where he will gather those who believed in him and we will join him in a new heavens, a new earth, where it will be fully illuminated by his very glory. And so parents, I want to I encourage you, uh, maybe when you're at home, tonight, tomorrow, turn off all the lights and just leave the Christmas tree on and talk to your kids about how Jesus comes as the light of the world. Let, him know that it, let them know that in Christ, light has come. Let them know that because Christ has come, there is no need to have fear of death. Because Christ has come. There are no scary shadows anymore. But we see things with 20-20 vision because of Christ in His Scripture. And we know things as they are. And we know that right now Jesus is on His throne, ruling over all things to the point where He will then come back and gather us to be with Him, where we'll never be separated from His presence. There will neither be pain, nor shame, nor guilt, nor death. There will be no darkness but we'll be with God forever in His presence in paradise, experiencing His light. That's what you think. Full light all the time. It's that light, you know, when, when you're at the beach and it's that warm sun and you come out of the water and you lay and the warm rays come upon you and it just warms your body and you're just like, this feels good. I think it's going to be something like that, but probably 10,000 times better in heaven. We're just... The very light coming from God just fills us, is around us, and we'll be constantly experiencing the very glory of God. He'll be with us, and we will be with Him. This is this is this song, and they're looking forward, Israel's looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. This is what they're looking forward to. And of course, as we stand on this side of the cross, we clearly see how Christ has come as the light of this world. Next. Jesus guides us in perfect wisdom. In verse 3, it says, Jesus is the very wisdom of God. It says, O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show, and cause us in her ways to go. So as it's looking, we understand that Messiah is going to come in full wisdom, perfect wisdom, and will guide us in the way that we are to live. Isn't that what we see in Christ? If you look back at the Old Testament, Ezekiel is a fun Old Testament book to read. It's a big Old Testament book. Uh, 
But in around chapter 30 or so, uh, God comes and he rebukes the, the, the priests and the kings, and he rebukes those who are called shepherds. Because rather than guarding the sheep, rather than leading the sheep, rather than, than taking the people of Israel and leading them in a way that honors God and that glorifies God, God comes and he rebukes them and basically says, you have eaten the sheep. And he calls them rotten shepherds. Now just think about a shepherd that eats his sheep. Is that a good shepherd? It's kind of like the opposite of the job description, right? Like he, it's not even close to what he's hired for. And so that is what the kings and the priests and the rulers of Israel had been doing. And so now, through the prophet, through God speaking through Ezekiel, they have been rebuked. And God says, you know what? I will be your shepherd. And ultimately, that's fulfilled in Christ's coming. And we read in John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He comes as the ultimate fulfillment of Psalm 23, where he will come and lead us beside still waters, restore our soul, lead us in righteousness. Christ has come in the perfect wisdom of God, the mind of God, knowing all that is perfect and right, and now as our shepherd, he guides us and leads us and instructs us. And he sends his spirit to live within us that we would know him that we would walk as He calls us to. We celebrate that at Christmas we're not alone. We celebrate that at Christmas God has come, not just to come to visit earth and then to leave, but He has come, lived as a man, where He was in, died, and then He was resurrected, and now His Spirit is with us, guiding us and leading us. And as we talked about on Sunday, with us at every moment that He would provide grace in our every time of need. So wherever you're at and whatever you're going through, Christ has the perfect wisdom through His Spirit that He would meet you where you're at, that He would help you, that He would lead you, that He would comfort you. And lastly, the last verse, Jesus brings peace to the nations. Look, it says, O come, desire of nations. That's the title for Christ there. Bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. I ask you, um, at Christmas, we, we see that the gospel goes global. In verse 4, the, the verse 4 of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Jesus has come not just for one nation, but for all nations. I ask you, what is there that, you can, that can unite people of all different tribes, of all different nations, of all different languages? What can unite them? What can make all envy and strife and anger and jealousy? What can remove all of that? There's nothing in this world except for Jesus Christ. There's nothing. We have all the best politicians in this world. They all war and fight and strive for what can happen. We see what happens. There's wars all throughout this world. There always has been wars throughout this world. But what we understand is that Christ has come to unite all peoples, and that he would gather a people of every tribe, of every tongue, of every nation and language, who will gather with him for all of eternity where there will be peace, where there will be no disunity. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6, this is, this is one of my favorite Old Testament prophecies. It says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. So as, as, as Isaiah is looking forward to the coming Messiah, saying, it's not enough that you just save Israel. It's not enough. 
It's too little of a thing just to save one nation. So he says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So as you gather around the tree, you're celebrating that Christ has come, that we'd have freedom from death, that light has come into the world, that we'd be led into righteousness, and that the gospel, the good news of God in Jesus Christ is not just for one nation, not just for two nations, not just for here in America, but it is the message of hope for every people, of every nation, of every tribe, of every tongue. Isn't that good news? That's the message of Christmas. So as we gather, we're celebrating so much when we come in the birth, when we come and talk about the birth of Jesus. Jesus has come. The one who is the very radiance of the glory of God. He's come as the very image of God and he's in the flesh. So he would live as, as you and I have and one day stand as our substitute so that we'd be freed from death. So that light would come in this world. So we'd have hope. And that God would be surrounded by a people from all nations. That he would be glorified and we would be full of joy. So as you gather around the Christmas tree, talk to your children. Encourage your spouses about the meaning of Christmas. Reflect on, on these truths and how you've begun to see them. Talk about how God leads you in wisdom. And that all comes because God has sent his son Jesus. Talk about how Christ has come as the light of the world and no longer do we need to fear the darkness. Talk about how we've been freed from sin. Talk about the sins that you've struggled with and the victory God has given you, given you over them this year. Celebrate Christmas. Come around the tree and sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. I encourage you, read the scriptures. There's no, there's no substitute for the scriptures. Help your children to read the Christmas story. But, but sing songs maybe too. It's not something I do very well, but I encourage you to sing. For when you sing, you're teaching them the scriptures, aren't you? I mean, that's what this song is. It's just taking the scriptures, Old Testament prophecies, and putting them to song. I encourage you to do that. May our hearts echo the title of this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Let me pray, and then the team is going to lead us in the closing songs, and we will then light the candles. Our Father, we come to you, and we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that we can gather on a night like this, and God, we do have freedom here, and may we, may we thank you, may we be full of gratitude for the freedom we do have here in America to gather on a night like this and to praise you and to honor you. But God, may we not take our freedom for granted. God, because of the freedom that you have won for us at your son coming at Christmas and dying at Easter and rising again, that we could be forgiven, may we be full of joy and boldness to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That in him there is hope. In him there is life. And God, I pray that everyone here today would know that we have hope because of Jesus coming in the flesh. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen.